Welcome to Kick the Effin' Ball Podcast, where we talk all about the big ball and the small ball. From GA to LGFA to Hurling and Camogie. Here we go! And the referee is looking around and acting of Mickey. Slobberini, Slobberini! There's men being kicked and bruised all over. Over the bell with the bear for a day. Over the bell with the bear for a day. He got a boot in the head and you're not looking at it. He got a boot! Oh yeah, how the hell are you? You're very welcome to this week's episode of Kick the Effing Ball podcast with myself, Murph, and Mr. Producer, Nathan Meaton. How the hell are you, Nathan? Great, Murph. How the hell are you? Ah, sure, I'm grand, I suppose, the week that's been in it. Busy. Busy enough, though. Yeah, yeah. Back, back to work. Going, back to work, yeah. Back to work. Coming up on this week's episode, we'll take a look at the National Leagues for the ladies' football and the camogie. We also have a chat with Westmead superstar Baidu Sayeh. And we finish up with our early predictions for the All-Ireland Senior Hurling Championship. But before we do that, we want to thank everybody for listening to the first episode that we've done. Uh, it means a lot to us and we hope you continue listening. And please don't be afraid to give a bit of feedback. And as well as that, just have a bit of crack with us. Exactly, yeah. The reactions have been absolutely fantastic. Just want to thank everybody for such kind words. All the interactions on Facebook and everything, it's been great. And also, big thanks to everyone for entering our One for All Facebook competition for the 50 euro voucher. Yeah, thanks all so much. Uh, there's still a week to enter that competition. As it says on the post, all you have to do is like the Facebook page, like the post, share the post, and tag three friends in the comments. We will be announcing the winner of that competition on episode three, I suppose, on April... What's it, April 30th? Yeah. yeah. And keep a close eye on the page for another competition coming up. In the next few weeks, I have a few lined up along the way. Now, before we go any further, Nathan has a couple of apologies uh, and corrections to make from last week's episode. Um, and to be honest, as I said at the beginning, this is all about educating Nathan Meaton on football. And when the <laughs> podcast was released Friday morning, the first man on to me was Mr. J.K. John O'Keenan with all the awfully news. I even got a phone call off the soccer mad future father-in-law over this one uh, in relation to the backdoor system in all the All-Irelands awfully won they've only ever won one of them through the backdoor system the rest of them were all they were Leinster champions going into it <laughs> <laughs> that was um, I think it was 1998 uh, yeah back in 1998 when um, Kenny beat them in the Leinster final 310 I think to 111 something like that um, also John pointed out another, another one um, the match I was referring to in 2010 with Offaly and Galway in the Hurling uh, when I said Offaly were hurled off the field the score of that game was 316 to 218 meaning Offaly lost by one single point good man Jono good man Jono so I couldn't <laughs> have been further from the truth <laughs> yeah well sure listen that's the whole point of it that's why we're here to educate you educate me that's it as we said from the start Nathan knows nothing let's tell him everything <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Fill him with lies. Fill him with lies, exactly. Anyway, we're going to move swiftly on to our first topic, which is the LGFA and the Camogie National Leagues. And here to tell us a little bit more about that, the Bowl Alan Mullen. Yeah, Nathan, I'm so excited about this because LGFA, to me, is my first love. Um, that's where I would 
always be attracted to the ladies' football a lot quicker, I suppose, than the GAA. And it's sheer because of the excitement of it. Yeah. Like, in a lads' game, if a team goes up by six points, um, it's great, but you know who has it won. Exactly, yeah. There's no... Yeah. yeah. In, a lady, in a ladies' match, six points mean nothing. Nothing. Um, and that that's what I love about it, the excitement. And it's a bit of crack more than anything else. But the, the athleticism and the work that girls put in at club level and inter-county level. It, like, some people say, oh, it doesn't match the men. It is that and more. It is unbelievable how much work girls put in on inter-county scenes and club scenes. Um, and for me, that's what I enjoy most about it. Like, even I'm down with the AIT ladies the last couple of years, trained them, and we work with all different girls from all counties um, that are playing on their senior county teams. And the work these girls put in, uh, day in, day out, to become better athletes, it's just unbelievable. And I suppose it goes untold because you wouldn't see it as such of a big story compared to, I suppose, the GA side of things, where it would be, you know, the the efforts to put in. So I'm actually really excited to talk about the National Fixture Leagues for the LGFA, but I'm also excited to talk about particularly the Westmead and the Offaly side of things. Yeah. Um, so listen, I'll get straight into it. So in Division 1 this year, um, the way they're working the National Leagues f- all across uh, is that they're splitting the groups. So there's a 4 or there's a 1A and a 1B. Yeah. There's a 2A, 2B, 3A, 3B, 4A, 4B. Okay. 2B or not 2B? That is the question. <laughs> but the plan is the top two teams, there's four teams going to be in the group. Yeah. And the top two out of each group, they go into the semi-finals. The bottom two go into relegation. Now, the only thing is on the Division 4 side, because there's three teams in Division 4B, that the top two teams go into the semi-finals, and then the bottom three teams will go into a kind of like a playoff scenario. Kind of like a round-robin sort of thing, is it? Yeah, as far as far as I'm aware. Okay, okay. So, listen, in Division 1A, we'll start off, um, we've got Donegal, Galway, Mayo, and Westmead. Okay. And in Division 1B, we've got Cork, Dublin, Tipperary, and Waterford. Okay. So, obviously, because I'd be uh, an avid follower of the Westmead ladies footballers, I'll just talk a little bit about them first. Okay. Um, so their first game uh, is away to Donegal which is going to be an interesting game uh, Westmead bet them last year in the first round of the National League as well <clears throat> um, which listen it's funny the Westmead ladies footballers were relegated two years ago by Monaghan down to they were up playing senior football and they were relegated down to intermediate for the All-Ireland right and to be fair to them They've always managed to get the wins at uh, Division 1 and stay up at a high level and compete at a high level um, in in the league, national leagues. Right, okay. The funny thing, like the club scene in Westmead at the minute for ladies, it's it's quite strong. Like you have the likes of, like St Mary's Roger Bridge after winning two in a row. You have Milltown, you have Gary Castle, you have the Downs, um, you have... You'll have Lomans, um, you'll have Mullingar Shamrocks that just came up from Intermediate last year. Like, you have a lot of good 
uh, I suppose town teams in it as well, as well as most uh, ladies as well. Sorry, they're they actually relegated the down to intermediate football for twenty twenty one. So, like, I suppose for Westmead alone, like they're after having a huge year last year. They were narrowly bet in a All Ireland final against Mead, uh, inter- intermediate All Ireland. Mm. Um, to be honest with you. I, I genuinely thought they were, go- they were going to win that All-Ireland final. Um, Sean Finnegan, that was managing them. And he had a backroom team of Tommy Carr, which would have been the former Dublin manager back in the early 2000s, as well as he had Carl Finch, Damien Kelly, um, and Pat McCartan that were in there with him as well. So like they had plenty of experience. But I suppose on the other side of that, Mead were after losing out in the previous two All-Ireland Intermediate Finals. So they were knocking on the door for the last couple of years. But this year alone, like I genuinely cannot see anyone at intermediate level that will touch Westmead. Um, and it's going to be interesting. Like The National League is going to be tough for them because... Yeah. As they always say, you know, winning brings winning. And they have such a tough group where they have Donegal, they have Galway, they have Mayo. You know, top teams, really, really strong teams. So, for me, I would love to see them try to stay stay above float and try and get into a semi-final. But, like, it's going to be... It, well, it's going to be a tough ask, like... Looking at their first two games, like you've done Gall away and you've Galway away, like playing them games, like that, that's your first two games are away. Now I know, okay, fair enough. There's going to be absolutely no crowd in the stadium at all. But at the same time, in all aspects in all sports, it's hard to get the the away win is just a little bit harder to get. Yeah, oh, hundred percent. Um, but the only thing about it is, is that. Listen, they caught Donegal last year and it set them afloat. So if they can get one win, um, and if you get to win early, whether it be the first round, that I think that'll bring momentum because they're after having an excellent 2020 campaign. You know, the only game that they, well, in the All-Ireland series that caught them was the final. Every yeah. other game, they, 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 they more or less um, won comprehensively apart from the semi-final with Roscommon. So... Like, if I'm looking at that Division 1A now, you know, the other side of that group, you probably have your Cork, your Dublin, your Tipperary, and your Waterford. Like, if I'm looking at it being honest, Nathan, I could see another Dublin and possibly Mayo in the final. Mayo have a new management in place, and Peter Leahy left them at the end of last year. So I'm assuming that... um. New management brings a new vibe, a new environment, and I think it'll give new energy to the, to, to Mayo as well, well. There's going to be new ideas there. There's going to be new kind of new tactics that they mightn't have tried before that might work in their favour, might not work in their favour. Yeah, but you that, don't know. You won't know until these things are tried and tested. But the thing about it as well is that Galway have a new management in place as well because, okay. yeah, Galway were bet in an All Ireland semi final last year. Remember, there was a big ruckus. Um, over it as well. Oh, that's the game where they changed the venue last yeah, minute, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but Galway, Galway, um, were in an All Ireland final two years ago against Dublin, right? And narrowly, they, they could have won it the very same as Dublin won it. So 
it, it will be interesting to see who comes out of Division 1. In Division 2, then, Nathan, uh, you'll have, in Division 2A, you'll have Clare, Kerry, Mead and Wexford. Okay. And on Division 2B, you'll have Armagh, Cavan, Monaghan and Tyrone. So that's an all-Ulster affair. Pure Ulster affair. Yeah. yeah. So same thing again on this side. Um, you've got really strong teams. Clear were in Intermediate All-Ireland semi-final last year. Uh, Kerry were knocking on the door as well. Mead, All-Ireland winners Intermediate last year. And then you've Armagh last year that run Dublin close last year in an All-Ireland semi-final. So it's going to be another really tough group. Realistically, looking at that, um, I would be looking at an Armagh and possibly between this three teams in my head, Armagh, Kerry, Mead. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'm thinking. Um, then we'll move on to Division 3A. 3? Yeah, Division 3. Mm-hmm. So... In Division 3A, you've Down, Fermanagh, Roscommon and Sligo. And in Division 3B, you've Kildare, Leash, Longford and Wicklow. So this is another interesting group. And considering I worked with Longford for the last... uh, End of Sheridan. The Bowlender. Yeah, the Bowlender. I I would... This Division 3 group is nearly as competitive as Division 1. It's actually impossible to try and kind of figure out who is going to, I suppose, cut the mustard. Uh, last year, Down had a great league campaign before COVID came in. Um, Roscommon have been knocking on the door for the last two intermediates, or three intermediates, sorry, All-Ireland semi-finals, finals. They just never got across the line into a final uh, under Mick Finneran. Kildare, or Kildare, you don't know what they're going to bring. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Leash, they're under Donny Brennan, uh, which is former Leash footballer. Okay. Um, and he has really good talent down in Leash to pick out of as well. Mm. Uh, so Longford are under new management with Breen Noonan, um, which is it, it's going to be exciting times for them as well to see how they go. And they've got a good draw. Wicklow were in the All-Ireland Junior Final last year as well. So it, it, it is interesting. And that... I think personally that is probably the toughest division in the national leagues. I don't know why, but it's just anyone can win it. But when you're saying toughest division, is that because like they're all pretty much on the same level? Yeah. Like there doesn't seem to be anyone standing out. No, there's no, there's no like, one. They're all kind of even, even Stevens in, in in terms of ability. Yeah, there's no team that would stand out to me on like looking at that. If I'm being completely honest, I would say maybe a Roscommon Kildare final. Okay. That's what I'm thinking, but that could be completely wrong because it's all about the first win. Well, but even like you say, given the fact that Longford are after going with new management, new backroom staff, and all that thing, like you don't know what's going to happen there. No, you you don't. You honest, you honestly don't, and. We'll move on into Division 4. So in Division 4A, you've Antrim, Derry, Leitrim, Loud. And in 4B, you've Carlo, Limerick and Offaly. Oof, yeah. Oof, yeah. <laughs> so, this is a group that we've three in one side, four in on the other side. And you're looking at possibly, in my eyes, 
maybe going on Leitrim's performance last year, um, I would think maybe Leitrim will come out of the 4A. Okay. And I would think Offaly will be coming out of the 4 I think it's going to be a Leitrim and Offaly final. Um, that's what I'm thinking. Simple thing on the Offaly side of thing is that Offaly ladies football are under new management. Um, John Ryan stepped away last year and they're with Gary Daly and his management and co. And they've really put in hard work with these girls over the last couple of months to get them where they are. They, they, they had, um, I suppose, they went and played Wexford in the All-Ireland Series last year. For 50 minutes of that game, they gave Wexford plenty. They went and played Roscommon in Kinnegad. They gave them plenty as well. They just fall short. Fall short. Yeah. But they're a young squad. That's the so they're rebuilding from I mean, baby steps back up. Yeah. Uh, like two years ago, they were in a All Ireland quarter final against Sligo in Kinnegad, and should have possibly got to an All Ireland semi final. I was at that game, um, and they they probably kicked it away. They they missed they missed the scoring opportunities to get them over the line, but the club scene again in awfully is quite strong as well in terms of yeah. Nave Kieran that went on one intermediate club all Ireland here two years ago. That's right, yeah. Um they're going for six in a row. Seven in a row, sorry. Six or seven in a row uh, county titles. Yeah. Which is that's alone is an astonish astonishing achievement. At any level. <laughs> well listen, <laughs> most teams if they win one county title they're happy like. That's it. So but I think as well Murph the the acquisition of Park Breed here in Clara, I think they're calling it Bretland Park as well. Uh, instead even um, having that facility there knowing okay fair enough we have this now we can do if yeah. we want to have training at 2 o'clock on Christmas day that pitch is going to be available to us pretty much at any time it's ours we have something now that will help with the development of awfully ladies football yeah and, and this is the thing about it and even this year alone I suppose like Joe Quinn has gone in with them uh, with strength and conditioning coach right. which like that alone is like Joe Quinn has been with um, Leinster Rugby Leinster Rugby he was with Westmead senior footballers awfully senior hurlers awfully senior footballers Sligo senior footballers Yeah. so that alone is going to be a massive addition massive addition so Joe has in fairness to Joe like he obviously not just a top class strength and conditioning coach Joe is also a great player himself yeah so yeah. Uh, I think a lot of, I've seen that in some cases where teams will go and they'll get these strength and conditioning coaches which is great but they're probably getting they could be getting the wrong person that doesn't know the game. Yeah, one fit. Like doesn't in fit fairness, uh, I know myself just from how come here. I was never never really good at any sports, but I played the rugby and I played the GAA, and the two completely different sports. So if you have a guy who's rugby based and he's going to come in as your strength and conditioning coach for your senior football team, you know what I mean? It's it's it's, it's, it's just it's two completely different things. Yeah, and you need, it, to, you need to get the right people. And in terms of GA, Joe Quinn is the man for the job. Yeah, oh, he is. Yeah, yeah. And but so th- this is why I am actually interested in this group, um, particularly as well, is to see how often you get on, because I actually think that because they're building that it this could actually turn into a successful year for them. Yeah, get a definitely. league title under the belt and see where the road takes them. Exactly. Right. Well, that's all the divisions in the ladies' football. Um, or if we're going to have a quick look through the Little Woods Ireland Division 1 League 2021 in Camogie. Yes, yeah, so 
with Camogie, Littlewoods uh, sponsored Camogie and they're up and running. Um, their start date is the 15th of May. Okay. So that's the first schedule for they're looking for fixtures and they're looking at the final for the 19th and 20th of June. So the way the Division 1 works this year, okay, so the, the Camogie's a bit different to the LGFA. They're doing three groups of three. Okay. The group winners will be put into a draw with two straight into a semi-final. And the other team that misses out in the semi-final will go into the quarter-final with the group runner-ups. Okay. So in group one of that is you've Galway, you've Clare, Limerick. In group two, you've Cork, Tip and Waterford. And in group three, you've got Kilkenny, Dublin and Offaly. So this is actually going to be an interesting group for Offaly. Um, they're under new, I suppose, management again. Yeah. Susan Erner, which is a multiple All-Ireland winner with Galway. Uh, she stepped in last year as her interim manager after Albert Kelly stepped down, at, I think, due to COVID. Um, did a mixed league campaign last year because they were without the Rhinos, uh players because they were in the Club All-Ireland, if you remember correctly. Do you remember they were, bet, they were betting the All-Ireland final? It was actually, it was a heartbreaking story. They were bet in the 64th minute a ball came in and was stuck in the back of the net and were bet by a point. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, one, one of them ones. So, listen, it, it's going to be tough for them. And even when they went into the All-Ireland Series last year, um, there was no relegation. Okay. So, they had to give Cork a walkover due to COVID when it got back. Galway bet them and Wexford bet them in the group. But they were lucky to stead up and uh, there was no relegation. But Susan Erner, and I would know her from AIT, she was actually involved with Lizzie Flynn down there doing the camogie and uh, unbelievable work them girls done. And I've seen what she's done with the college team. So I can only imagine what she's going to do with the awfully camogie team. And on top of that, they've now entered a Division 1 and a Division 3 team. So the two teams. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so okay. senior and a junior. So there's girls there that want to play it. Like the club standard is that is that St. Rhinos are going for three in a row club t- titles. Okay. Or they've won, sorry, three in a row club titles then. Apologies. Um they've got a Leinster intermediate. And you know, the Hurland's definitely within the county. That's the difference in it. Well it's there, yeah. Well it's definitely there. So it's just probably to get, I suppose, get them get them moving in the right direction. And what better way to have it than have, I suppose, a multiple All-Ireland winner come in as your manager. Um, I'll move on. So in Division 2, they're looking at four groups. Two groups of three. Two groups of four. The top two in each group goes into the quarterfinals. And the bottom four play in a relegation playoff with the losers in a relegation final. So, in Group 1, you've Antrim, Down, Derry. Group 2, you'll have Cork, Tip, Kerry and Galway. Group 3, you'll have Wexford, Kilkenny, Leash. And in Group 4, you'll have Westmead, Dublin, Mead and Kildare. So, sorry, go on. Had you something to say? No, I was reading. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, I thought there was something. You're already going to. Oh, so, listen, for me... Group 4, Westmead are in with Dublin, Mead and Kildare. Um, this is going to be another interesting um, sag as well. So Johnny Greville has stepped down from the Westmead Camogie. 
Um, he's been with them five years. Unbelievable success with them in five years. Right. He won a junior all Ireland with them. Got them promoted from Division Two League up to Division Two League. Okay. Um, he won an intermediate all Ireland title in 2019. Right. And he won a Leinster Intermediate Championship. Oh. And to top it off, last year, first time they ever played senior All Ireland series. He is. He got their first ever championship win against Limerick. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So he's done colossal work with them. Now they have a new management in place where you'll have Darren McCormick. He's a Castle Pollard man, unbelievable hurler as well in his day. And he would have got um he would have captained Westmead to the thousand nine Christy Ring. Um, so he, and, he, and on top of it he was with Johnny Greville on his backroom team for two years oh, right, so yeah. listen he knows the girls inside out I know Mairead uh, one of their captain was Mairead McCormick she stepped away due to injury so she's going to be a massive loss but other than that I would be hopeful to see Westmead have a good crack at a quarter final of the Division 2 and possibly look getting into a semi-final our final. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, yeah. I, I listen, I think the the work that has been done in Westmead Camogie the last couple of years has been just unbelievable. Unbelievable. So it can only get better. Well within five years to be able to come out with, you know, as you said, getting up to division two, winning the junior and intermediate. Like that's that's a lot of progress within five years. And then to get your first senior championship win against Limerick as well, like They've obviously they're, they're they're doing something right. Yeah, oh they are hundred percent. They're doing they're doing all the work in there. And on the north side of Westmead, the clubs have really bought into the Camogie, and it has become um, such a big environment at the minute. And it's nearly like a new buzz in the county because of the success they've got from it. And that alone, like, stands heads above heels above anything else because of yeah. that comes from one man that has driven it all obviously he has his backroom team behind him but that alone it, it, it's unbelievable yeah but when you say North or West Mead like who would you say would be the main stalwart clubs in the West Mead Camogie Championship well you have Raharney that are current county champions in 2020 and you also have Clonkill that were beaten in the final um, I know Castletown Gagan have been knocking around there for a while um, you even look at the junior and I know it's kind of South West Westmead, but like I know, um, Drum Rainey have set up a Camogie team, like okay, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, there, there has it's just flourished in the last so there's couple a couple years. of new yeah. clubs have come due to the, the major success that Westmead Camogie have had over the last couple of years, yeah. Well, I think they, they have been there in the background, um, but they've just kind of reformed again, and yeah, you know, girls have got more interest in them because of the success they've had, yeah, um, and that's. That's one of the main things that you need in a county like that. For like, you look at Kilkenny. Like Kilkenny are unbelievable Camogie team. Now I mean just a different gravy. Yeah. And they've done so much work in the last oh ten oh, gee, yeah. yeah. I just Angela Downey was or Anne Downey was with them. Um up to last year and like she's herself as an individual as a player yeah. has 12 All-Ireland medals that's nothing to, <laughs> to laugh about oh, no, yeah oh, and like God. Brian Dowling came in last year as Kenny Camogie manager 
Um, he was a former Kilkenny player. Yeah. And he got them over the line in the Ireland final last year, beating Galway 114 to 111. In the senior side of things, since 2013, it's kind of been tr- three teams that have been battling out. Yeah. Where you had Galway had won two All-Irelands, you had Kilkenny won two, and you had Cork to win two. So it has been, I suppose, a three, three-way love affair, more than anything else. Yeah, yeah, I get you, yeah. So, listen... I'd love to see the likes of um, Westmead getting a crack at an All-Ireland uh, senior. I'd love, to, I'd love to see Awfully have the crack at it. Yeah. Don't know how far they get, but I'd like to see them get a good run in 2021. Yeah, but look, even I, what I've noticed kind of in all sports across the board is that just you, not, you can't call it. No, no, you, you, you can't. Really can't. No, you can't. You, you know what I mean? Look, looking at some of the results even coming from the Premier League, like... Before COVID, you wouldn't be expecting these results to be happening. No, no. So, like, I, I can see that the GA Championship kind of, you know, hurling football, Camogie, LGFA, I can kind of see a lot of shock results coming this year that lads won't be expecting. No. I, listen, I think it's the best way, Nathan. Like, don't care what anyone says. Everybody loves a shock. Yeah, of course they do. Everybody loves a shock. Yeah. Even I love getting shocked. <laughs> you're a hard man to shock at the best of times you know what I mean well if I was any more laid back I'd be asleep and I'm... speaking of laid back <laughs> we're going to wrap up this topic and speaking of laid back we have a special guest coming on now he is hanging on the line Morph is going to have a little bit of a chat with him possibly the most laid back man you will ever come across in your life but one of the finest intercounty backs you'll ever witness Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go over and have a little chat with our good friend, Mr. Baidu Saye. All right, folks. We're delighted this week to have Mr. Baidu Saye. Take it away, Murph. All the way from Rosemount, County Westmead, on with us. Um, it's a privilege to have Baidu as our very first guest. And it's better and more of a privilege for myself that Baidu is a fellow Rosemount man. Baidu, how the hell are you? Not too bad at all, man. Thanks a million for having me on. Appreciate it. And, you know, I'm being the first guest as well. Thanks thanks very much, sir. Delighted to be on. Uh, Boy, do, I'm going to get straight down to it. Um, I was chatting to your cousin Dylan earlier today in Canada. And before we went any further, I just want to say myself and Dylan felt that we never got the recognition when she started doing interviews with different uh, papers and that about when you first came on the scene and about me and Dylan training you in uh, your granddad Tony's house. Where we had you climbing <laughs> bales, hopping bales, running after cattle. And we just never felt we got the recognition for what we'd done. Do you know what, Murph? Like, I probably should have given you more recognition. But Dylan, Dylan got a little bit. But he got a little bit. Like, I don't know why he's complaining. <laughs> Boy, but, dude. Uh, you you you've you've a mad story um uh, behind your behind your background as well and I was only kind of looking up today in different articles and stuff like that um is this is your sixteenth year in Ireland am I right saying that yeah no actually it's my seventeenth year Seven. and come February it's my seventeenth year yeah so I arrived wow. I arrived in Ireland on my birthday so on the eighteenth of February so it's kind of you know every time I celebrate my birthday I'm literally celebrating how long I've been in the country so bit of like a double celebration for me yeah two birds with the one stone kind of job yeah exactly yeah exactly exactly so and then my little cousin was actually born the same kind of around the same date as well so we kind of celebrate our birthdays and our 
you know, and I'm like me being in the country and, you know, all that around the same time as well. So, yeah. Um, where, obviously, uh, your original birthplace, your, sorry, your original birthplace is Liberia, Baidu. But, like, where, yeah. I suppose, if I took out a map, where am I heading for? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So, I was originally born in uh, Monrovia, Liberia. So, if you are looking at a map, it's actually directly underneath Ireland. If you look at Ireland and you go down, all the way down to Africa, you draw a straight line, it's literally directly underneath it. But, um, so it's West Africa. Um, yeah, so, you know, do you know what Ar- uh, Africa is kind of built like, uh, like if you go around the edge of it or whatever, on the West side, it's right underneath, it's right beside yeah. likes of Ivory Coast and Sierra Leone and all them places. So you, you know, it's very, very... Pro- you could have been a soccer player as well. Yeah, technically, you know, they don't know anything about GA over there, so <laughs> soccer is kind of soccer is kind of their first love. So, you know, they wouldn't really know anything about me over there. They wouldn't know anything about the sports I do. But, um, yeah, you know, even our president over there is a uh, was a uh, you know like a Ballon d'Or winner, and you know he's the president now. So, you know, soccer is their first love. So, anyway, if you play soccer over there, you're a god, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. And. Uh, the funny thing I, I was looking at today, when you got on the plane um, with your uncle Ben to head over to Ireland, you thought you were actually going to America. Yeah. Some difference from America <laughs> to the for the Rosemount, to the Curra Road. No, you, see the, you see, the funny thing is, like, as, as a kid, as a kid growing up in Africa, there's only really two places you know you know africa and then you know america because everything you know comes from america and all you hear about it is america so for me kind of growing up i always wanted to go to america and i remember my uncle ben coming over and telling me that he was going to take me and bring me over to europe and to me europe was america so i always had it in my head that i was arriving in america and i arrived (laughs) say mid-february and it's absolutely freezing cold landing in dublin airport Can you imagine <laughs> thinking i was in <laughs> thinking i was in thinking i was in america and i landed in dublin airport but asher it wasn't that bad after i know yeah no it's it's crazy i just i was just i got a great laugh out when i read it today and when you came to to obviously the car road or rosemount as i call it um did you you more or less went kind of straight into the environment of going into the National School in Rosemount, in with the club, or did that take time, boy, do, or what way were you? I, I, for no. me, personally, I can uh, remember meeting you for the first time. It was down with Dylan. I would have been great friends with Dylan. And I remember meeting you down in Granny Keenan's, uh, Keenan's, and you were just, like, when I met you, the first initial reaction, I'll never forget, I was like, this man is a live wire. Like, he just doesn't stop. Yeah. <laughs> So did you yeah, I was full of energy. I was full of energy back then. But yeah, as as um, I suppose, like when I first came over, I kind of got like a month to kind of get to know the players and to you know to kind of settle in a little bit. And then I, I was brought straight into school, you know. So I started straight into first class. So there was no really you know waiting around. I kind of was kind of jumped straight into the deep end, meeting everyone and. You know, meeting a lot of white folks that I've never really met before in my life, you know. Yeah. And then, you know, you know, like, I was literally kind of jumped into the deep end being the only black kid in the school. Obviously, my sister's black, Marie, but she yeah. was mixed, like. And then, uh, 
I was kind of like jumped into deep end to meet everyone, meet, you know, my classmates and meet everyone in the school. And, you know, it was a big, it was kind of a big deal because a lot of people in the school didn't really, never really seen a black guy before, or, you know, never met or talked to a black person before. So it was, it was a big deal. And I remember even meeting you in school as well, Murph, you know. And, uh, God help you. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, and then, obviously, I was fortunate enough to have, like, Dylan and Sean and, and uh, obviously, Mairead. And, you know, they were able to bring, like, to you around, and I got to meet everyone. And, you know, it, it made it a lot easier to kind of locked into the community and get to meet different people and kind of made you feel kind of comfortable, if you know what I mean. Yeah, that's, yeah, and it's crazy because I was only thinking today when I was just about before I'd done this interview, and I was thinking of, because I know that um, your granddad, Tony, um, he was an avid GA fan. And I was just even reflecting myself on the stories that he used to tell me about. Am I right saying he was a Fermanagh man? Yeah, yeah, he was yeah. Fermanagh man. He's yeah. best Fermanagh himself, yeah. Yeah, I, I remember all the, all the stories and so on. And um, I was just thinking today, like, like he was such, uh, to me anyways, myself, like he was, the, uh, he's probably the only lad that I would have, or that I would be genuine utmost respect for, and he was a pure gentleman. But he he was nearly like one of the lads that I would say that apart from anyone else around, kind of really started to bring you into the kind of football side of things. Oh, well, just the story, the storytelling alone, and you know, just yeah. dropping you into the farm and the whole lot, like it was just class. Yeah, definitely, he was probably like one of my. Uh most inspirational people or someone that actually really made me kind of choose Gaelic as something I really want to kind of get good at and get better at and to kind of impress him a little bit, if you know what I mean? Because, you know, we had likes of me and Dylan coming to the house every weekend after our games and after, you know, after after some training sessions or whatnot, and he wants to find out more about how what it was like and he wants to you know, give you tips on what you're doing wrong, or if he was at a match and he did something wrong, he'd tell you off. You know, he was an honest kind of guy. He was a guy who really, yeah, really wanted to make you a better player, made you a better person as well. So, you know, we were lucky enough to have that kind of person in our life, you know? Yeah. And obviously, don't forget the whole farming part, trying to try to farm as well. Oh, yeah, I, I, like, I, yeah, that's one thing <laughs> I'll never forget. Like, I used to go down uh, to stay in Dylan's house and... You'd be awake at six o'clock in the morning, and Granddad Tony be pulling me and Dylan out of bed at nine or ten years of age. Out you go, yeah. you have to go herd cattle, and I looking at him with four eyes that know what was going on. Yeah, go out and try to farm there. <laughs> <laughs> well, come here. So your first ever coach, uh, I'm assuming would have been the same as kind of myself, really. When I went into Rosemont National School, would have been the great Jim Dalton. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like yeah, Jim was another huge inspiration like he's he's a guy that even now he he's very old now you know jim's yeah. pretty proper old now but even now he'd be sending me a card on my birthday or a card wish me luck in a championship game that we're having and he was someone that you know you'd know yourself as well he's someone that kind of really taught us how to play the game properly and you know taught us a lot about it you know yeah and um, yeah i definitely give him a lot of credit yeah, he did, and to be fair, he's an absolute gentleman. And even today, like or any days you meet him, uh, you'd always sit down and have a good chat with him and a, and a couple of yarns yeah. along the way. But I do one thing I suppose for me noticing when you start coming on the scene, you were you were kind of playing the same age group as me, but you 
only I suppose because I remember you and like you were you were as skinny as a whip, and you were lightning yeah. fast and. You, I, you just couldn't catch you, so there's no point even running after you to try and catch you. That's being honest. With you. I, I'll never forget. I think we could have been playing St. Paul Delvins. I think it was an under 14 game. And you were playing, I was in goals, you were playing cornerback. And you got a ball and you just took off. And I'll never forget your man that was corner forward. He just turned around to me and his father was doing umpire to goals. I'm not even bothering running after him now at this stage. But, <laughs> but from that, you kind of actually broke on to the. Uh, county panels as well and you went on am I right saying you started off the county panel when you were under 16 yeah 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 so it was it was kind of you know I started at under around 16 like we actually used to we used to have like development squads and yeah. I think that still goes on but we used to have development squads say under 14s and and then it started getting a little bit serious say, under 16s 17s and kind of working your way up obviously to minor but uh, yeah, no, like it wasn't. It wasn't obviously that easy trying to get back onto the scene because, like, I was pretty shite. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Underage, I was fast. I was fast and strong, all right. But couldn't solo the ball. <laughs> Probably still can't solo the ball. But uh, <laughs> again, like, I had I had to do a lot of work in order to kind of get past under 16s as well and to stay onto the West Me team. But um, you're yeah. you're 100 right. Like, cause that like I. I just like just thinking on it that like I even remember kind of when you kind of even just came into the intermediate squad, minor squad, intermediate squad, and I remember one day I don't know what sort of drill we were doing, but for that winter, I you were helping stepping into I could have been under twenty one, could have been going into minors, and you were after bulking up something shocking, and I I'll never forget doing a game with you down in the park, doing Tom Darcy I think was training us. And you hit me a shoulder, and I am not joking you. I you put me into next week with a shoulder, and I swore to myself, <laughs> never again would I run near you to get a slap off you, because you just turned into um what well, I would say your athleticism and your physique from even now, like it's it's unbelievable. Like you, know you, you could be a lad on Baywatch if you wanted to really. <laughs> too kind do you know what um, the only reason actually I decided to kind of uh, you know change like get a little bit stronger and and you know being able to play at that kind of heavy level was I remember Tom Craven kind of ringing me and you know being like oh can you come on to the Westmead senior team and I was only 18 at the time doing my leaving sir and I was like obviously yeah I will but you know, I was definitely not strong enough or big enough to make the team or whatnot. And I remember actually hitting into, who was it? Shari. I remember thinking, oh, I can hit this lad. Hit Shari. And he absolutely fucking flattened me, right? <laughs> absolutely flattened me. After that, I was like, I'm never going to get hit like that again. Not in my life. So after that, I kind of, you know, worked on it a little bit more and tried to get a little bit stronger. And I suppose after that then was when you kind of see the development and, you know, that, that's literally <laughs> one of the reasons. You just turned around and start giving the hits. <laughs> uh, that's, that's, that's facts. <laughs> that <is> fact. <laughs> Come here. I wasn't going to get hit again, that's for sure. So was I right, uh, boy, do saying that 2017 you made your championship debut against Awfully in Cusick Park? Am I right that you came on or... Yeah, yeah, I came on. I came on against Offaly in that game. Like it was, <laughs> a lot of people might think that was a 
Craven kind of made a bit of a risk there. He brought me and one of the other lads on, and we were only just on the senior team, maybe not even a year. But uh, we obviously weren't like, you know, we didn't think we were coming on, but he kind of shocked us and brought us on in that game. But we ended up winning that game. And yeah, that was our, that was our first, that was my first start. What? But uh, yeah, it was a risky kind of, it was a risky change. What, what, I know it sounds stupid, but like when you look back on it now, what was it like, I suppose, from a guy that came from uh, Liberia is now playing in Cusick Park uh, at uh, senior inter-county Leinster, what, I think it could have been a quarter-final. Like, what, what's, did you sit back there and ever think, like, Jesus, look how far I've come? Yeah, you know what, like, um, it's one of those, it's one of those things where, you know, when you're, when you're, when it's happening, you don't really remember it. You know, you don't really remember it at the time, but it's when you, when you kind of finish the game and sit back and you're like, Jesus, you know, I never really, I, you know, I sat back and thought, you know, oh, this is great or whatever. I was like, this is great. But I was kind of, I was more like, fuck that. I want to start all my games. I don't really care about, you know, coming on and, you know, being this guy that came from Africa. I never really thought of it that way. I kind of thought of it as the next day I'm going to start this game and the next day I'm going to be one of the best players in the pitch. And I never really sat back and kind of thought, geez, you know, lucky me and lucky this. I always thought, you know, I want to be better all the time and I want to make the team because I knew I was only coming on. I wasn't close enough to starting. And I was like, the next move to me was just to be better and to actually get onto the team. So, boy, do in 2018 then, you made your league debut. Am I right saying that? Um, yeah, yeah, I did. Um, and from that, really, you've progressed. Like, to be honest, for me, you're, you know, like... I think I I would work with a lot of the cool camps and work with SPG and like every child I meet wants to be the next boy do say you know what I mean they want to um be that have that energy athleticism and just to really look up to you like is does that alone must be I suppose something that would be joyful or it's it's happy to see like I I seen you on several occasions after games in Cusick Park. And you're like Kim Kardashian. All the kids just flow around you. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've never... It's just autographs after autographs. And it's... You know what I mean? Is That that has to be a good feeling. No. Oh, 100%. It definitely is a good feeling. But, like, I remember when, sure, when we were younger, looking up to lads like that as well. And, you know, being looking up to them and wanting to be just like them. And, you know, I always remembered, like... You know, like, I remember, obviously, like, to John Kane and that, like, he yeah. was kind of a role model to me. And he always had time for me or whatever. He always had time to give me a lift to talk about different things and whatnot. And I kind of look back at that now, and I'm in his shoot that he used to be in. And, you know, I always want to have time for any kid coming up, any young kid that, you know, like, like, you know, that, that look up to me or whatnot. So... You know, like, obviously, it's great to have kids looking up to you, but, you know, I always want to be that inspiration to them as well, and, it's, you know, it's fantastic. Yeah, no no doubt you are. Yeah. No doubt you are. But I do, so when you, you left, you were obviously more community school, you left that and you set on uh, adventure to head to Waterford IT. you done a degree in sport and rec. Um, yeah. What was your, you you played trench cup football down there? What was your time like down there? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played uh, trench cup. Obviously, you know we weren't good enough to play uh, 
<laughs> we're good enough to play Sigerson football, but uh, yeah, no, we played Trench Cup. Um, you know, that was that was an experience. That was a huge experience as well. You know, um, obviously I was that player coming from playing likes of Westmead, going down to play with lads who are from Waterford, and they're obviously not as strong as you know. They won't be as strong as the Westmead teams per se, but you know, it was it was it was great playing with them, and you learn a lot from all them different coaches and all them different players as well, you know? So, I don't know. I had a, had a fantastic time in Waterford. You know I'd, what I mean? Yeah, I'd say you had a fantastic <laughs> time drinking as well, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't too bad that way too. <laughs> Boy, do you're actually, um, you're, you're flat out at the minute in the terms of uh, work and even a lot of brand ambassador stuff. I see every second day in your out running at the minute for you're doing a yoke with sports direct i and i'm yeah. a, you're with you're a kind of a brand ambassador for ross nutrition as well uh yeah yeah and is, is there another one there or am i missing one by do um yeah no so uh obviously the armor as well kind of sponsor me with gloves and stuff like yeah. that and uh yeah i'm doing it i'm doing i'm working with ross nutrition so they're kind of doing the nutrition stuff for me and they're kind of sorting me out with different supplements and whatnot you know, key stuff. And uh, at the moment, yeah, I'm doing the running in a new lightweight uh, Sports Direct. So, you know, anyone, you know, can go on that and check it out. On It's on my Instagram page and follow that if you like. But yeah, I'm doing a bit of sports. You, you obviously, I know you came out with Warfly T and you went in with uh, John Gilligan in JG Elite. Yeah, um, yeah. And you work, you work, you worked there for a while. Um, is that something you want to obviously have his career doing? I suppose to you know to own the gym, being the personal trainer, changing people's lifestyles. Is that something say in the future you're, you'd be planning to do yourself or? Yeah, definitely. That's definitely a plan of mine. You know, you know, looking at looking at likes of John Gilligan. You know, he he's not even he's not much older than me. He's, he's just thirty. He's just turned thirty as well. And I'd like to by the time I'm thirty as well to have my own business like him, you know, owning a gym or running a gym as, as well. And, you know, trying to make a brand out of myself, you know, that that's definitely some, like, there's young lads coming up that are asking me for advice on strength and conditioning. And, you know, the way the, the game is changing so much now. Yeah. Lads are really, really, yeah, lads are really, you know, like, compared to when we were kind of growing up, compared to when we were growing up, I, I don't think I've ever looked at a gym when I was minor. No. Or even under 16, or any of that crap. And you see lads now who are mad into it and want to get bigger, stronger, and faster. And it's 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 the way it's changing as well. And I'd love to be part of that, you know, helping young lads develop in a certain way too. Yeah, you're right. Because I spend I, I I actually spend most of my time underage levels waiting, cutting weight for the end of a match to get the bottle of score and a packet of Tejos after the games. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How much has it that changed was, from that? that? It, like, that's the difference <laughs> in it. That was it, like, that was it growing up for us as well was, you know, like, we just, we just, we just did it for fun, basically. Obviously, kids now are obviously doing it for fun too, but they're taking it a lot more serious than we did. Yeah. And it's great to see as well and the game's developing so much, so, yeah. you know, it's, it's class and boy do you you obviously um a highlight for your club was you won an intermediate championship in 2016 uh with jerry yeah. and john Keane um against yeah, tubber yeah. Clare, and he went on and you were narrowly beaten actually in that leinster final that year um that was that was a huge year for you as well and from that rosemount have actually stepped up 
two senior and my opinion were unlucky not to reach a senior semi final last year. Like they're they're a team yeah. co- they're a team definitely that is coming. I would I would always say that that they're coming like they've been in the last four under twenty or is it last four under twenty finals or they have been in the last mm. couple mm. under twenty yeah, finals. Like, yeah. Yeah, that just couldn't get over the line. But like, there's a team there coming that is, um, well, I I personally think they're young, and I'd love to see, like you've seen when I'll never forget when they won the intermediate in Rosemont. Like I think the style barred it and shut for like two days. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was some crack. Imagine winning uh, a senior. Tell you a funny, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a funny story about that uh, intermediate final. Actually, second, we were I was in Waterford obviously at the time and. Uh, Fucking, I was in a hurry coming home, so I came home really quickly. Obviously, the, the final was about weekend. Got home anyway, and I realized I left my my football boots in freaking Waterford. <laughs> and I have this intermediate. <laughs> I have this intermediate final coming up. I was like, oh no way! A lot of the lads, obviously, I was like text, testing lads. Anyone have spare boots or whatnot? And they're like, what's wrong with you? What's, what are you at? You forgot your boots. We were final. But anyway, I went and bought a new pair of boots from Lifestyle. Savage pair of boots. But obviously, it was a new pair of boots. We weren't going to wear a new pair of boots, you know, yeah. playing a match. Not a good idea. But, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I arrived there anyway. On a county final. I arrived there asking everyone for if they had boots. <laughs> and she was looking at me like, what a fucking eagle. Like, what's wrong with this lad? <laughs> you know what I mean? The biggest game. The biggest game in most of our lives. Like, And they're like, what's wrong with you? So I wasn't even focused on the match. I was focused on getting a pair of boots. But <laughs> luckily, luckily, David Fox and back in the luckily David Fox had a nice pair of boots there, and he was like, "Would you come wear these?" And I was like, "Jesus, thank you so much." <laughs> Got these pair of boots, and no joke, that match is probably the best match I've ever played in my life. I ended up scoring like four points that day yeah. coming back, <laughs> and it was fucking an amazing day. But uh, you can look back and laugh at it now, but it wasn't funny at the time. <laughs> yeah, I'd say, I'd say, uh, and the bowling was firing from all cylinders when he heard this. Story. Oh, he was. Oh, hey. But <laughs> he the, wasn't happy. But the thing, the thing, the thing most people don't know, uh, boy, do, and I would know you personally. Like, if you were any more laid back, you'd be asleep. Like, you like, like oh, how, yeah. how you, you just don't do a stress, you don't do a pressure. So. When it comes, I suppose, to now you're playing inter-county senior football, like you're playing the likes of Dean Rocks, um, you know, you have Conor Callahan's, uh, you have, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, the likes of Mickey Newman, all these Mead players and Leeds players and whoever it may be that you'll play. Like, how do you mentally get yourself there? Because knowing you personally, like, you're so laid back. Like, you just let the world, you know, kind of pass by. Like, does it take you a lot more to get yourself up and going for a game than most uh, most of your teammates or is that just you know just comes off you and you just don't do deal with it no you see like before a game like I'm super excited sometimes I'll be nervous obviously but I don't really let that nervous energy kind of mess up my mood so I try to be in a great mood I'm usually laughing in the dressing room having the crack with the lads or whatnot. I don't really get, I don't like, as he said there, pressure doesn't really come to me too much. So I try to keep as calm as possible and, you know, just have the crack before the match, you know. Like the first, the only the thing I remember the most is before a game is the only reason I'm playing the sport is because I love playing it. 
and yeah. I want to play the game. So I really don't, you know, allow the pressure to, to get to me because I'm like, why would I get any pressure when the only reason I'm playing is because I actually like playing the game. I love it. And it's good crack. And I'm here with a bunch of friends that I want to be here with. So, you know, even before any game, it could be the biggest game ever. I just think of, you know, I'm here because I love playing the game and it's a bit of crack and it's fun. You know, whatever happens, happens. But at the end of the day, the only reason you're there is to enjoy it and, you know, to have a laugh and to win the game or whatnot. But, yeah, I always try to keep as calm as possible. Yeah, no, you're, you're def- I could all, I can definitely <laughs> yeah. clarify you're definitely the, the calmest man I've ever met. But I do, we're, we're going to wrap it up just very quickly. But before you go, a uh, couple of, just two things I want to ask you. We're looking at, uh, we do it each week, and we're going to be asking our guests on it, of uh, early predictions for the All-Ireland Football and All-Ireland Hurling for 2021. What have you for the football or what are you thinking? Okay, yeah, for the football, I think I think Kerry are probably going to win the oh, Ireland wow. this year. Wow. Yeah, I'd say so. I don't think the Dubs are going to win it this year. Oh. I'm backing Kerry. Obviously, I'm going to back ourselves. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> but but uh, I'm backing Kerry for the football. And then for the hurling, jeez, I don't know. Um, I'm going to say, I'd say Tipperary. Random pick. Why do do you have you random pick? Have just a question. Have you ever like? Did you ever play hurling? Oh, I know you yeah, played a lot actually. of football. Have you ever played hurling with a club? Do you know what? Like when I when I when I first came, I actually played with Castletown. No way. Castletown Gagan for like a year, <laughs> for a year of hurling, and I thought it was nuts. I thought everyone that was playing the sports world was crazy. So <laughs> you just <laughs> packed it in. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> What are these mad people with sticks going around? No, I said no. Nah. <laughs> <So laughs> I, I moved on. <laughs> All right, boy, do listen. I'm going to leave it there. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, and I wish you the very best of luck for the coming season. Um, Thanks and same to yourself for your great ambassador for um, Rosemount as a GA club. You're a great ambassador for Westmead as a GA club. But you're a great also ambassador for all the kids around Ireland. Um, that look up to you and see how far you've come from and what you've done. Um, thanks for chatting me, and I'm sure I'll yeah. see you down the style for a pint shortly. Hundred percent. Thanks a million, Murph, for having me on, and uh, you know, best of luck with the podcast, and hopefully it goes well for you guys. And uh, yeah, definitely meet up soon. Hopefully when this COVID thing ends. Yeah, get Kieran Martin to organise a session for us. Uh-huh. Yeah, de- <laughs> definitely. <laughs> down in down in Rooney's, yeah. <laughs> Rooney's is the spot. <laughs> all right, 100%. all right, boy, do. All right, but thanks a million. Yeah, so it's that time of the week again. Um, we're going to have our early predictions for 2021. Last week, we looked at the football the All-Iron Football Senior County. This week, we're going to look at the hurling. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, I suppose it's a bit different because we don't have to do the four provinces. All we have is two. All we have is two. Um, and my county isn't even in it. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. And either is mine. So, <laughs> this will oh. be a lot quicker d- than we expected. Exactly. Nathan, Leinster Championship. This is going to be an education now for Nathan. 2020, we saw Kilkenny yes, beat Galway in did. a Leinster final. Um, cracking game, actually. Who 
would your predictions be for 2021? Well, in fairness, like there's only only what five teams in it. Um, like you've Wexford, you've Leash, you've Galway, you've Dublin, you've Kilkenny. You can never write off Kilkenny. No, never. They, it's just look, they're always going to be there, thereabouts. They're always going to be battling for a final. You've Galway on the other on the other end, also another very strong team. Um, look. I would like to see Wexford win it. Yeah, so would I. Because I like Davy Fitz. Simple as. Yeah, same that's, as. That's, yeah. It's, it's the only reason I like Davy Fitz. <laughs> I can't see it happening. Would you know a Wexford player in it? Apart from Lee Chin. You can't say Lee Chin. Uh, Matthew Hanlon. Well done, Nathan. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> the only reason I know that is I hear the two Johnnies <laughs> on the bottom load. That's all right. All right, okay. So you're going with Wexford. No, I said I'd like Wexford. Oh, sorry. I said I would like Wexford. Look, I'm going to go with... I'm probably going to go with Galway. To be honest with you, I just... I think... I really don't know what I think, to be honest with you. I just... I always had I always had a fondness for Galway. The Galway girl. The Galway girl, exactly. Sharon from Galway. No, she's not. Pull it. <laughs> <laughs> well, close to Galway. Close to Galway, I suppose. Plenty of surrounded by water. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, no, I'm going. Look, I'm going to go with Galway, but at the same time, don't write off to uh, Kilkenny. If you're going to go on the Munster side of things, Nathan, what are we looking at now? This this is a competitive. This uh, this is. Yeah. I suppose everyone loves Munster. Well, in fairness, like straight off the mark, you've Limerick All Ireland champions, right? They played Waterford in both the Munster final and the All-Ireland final. Correct. In which, obviously, Limerick won the two of them. Cork were always strong. Tipperary were always strong. So it's a really competitive league. It's uh, No, league, sorry. It's a really competitive championship because there's just so many strong teams in it. Like, you have Clare, obviously, there as well. Like, Clare... Clare won in All-Ireland. They won in All-Ireland. What year was it? 2013, I so think. In around that, look, within the last yeah. in the last 15 years anyway, yeah. they've won in All-Ireland. So, like, they're always going to be knocking on the door as well. Never write off the little fella. No. Because the little lads always want to go and bait the bigger lad. But at the same time, look, I think Limerick are very strong as well. I like the look of Waterford. Waterford? I like the look of Waterford. Yeah, like, in fairness... Limerick only beat Waterford by four points in the Munster final last year. Yeah. Now, okay, I, I understand they bet them by 11 points in the All-Ireland final. But but your man that's with Waterford, Liam Cattle, yeah. I, I actually know him um, because I'm, I was doing, uh, and I have still been doing a strength and conditioning degree down in Stanton College. Yes. And that man eats, sleeps, breathes hurling. Yeah. So what he's done with Waterford is absolutely no surprise to me. Yeah, I, I just I I looked at Waterford last year when I was I was kind of obviously watching matches because there was nothing else to be at. Um, I, yeah, I just I, I like Waterford. I think I think they're really good, um, and I like to go against the grain a little bit. And same as I said last week, I don't want to say Limerick just because they won it last year. I don't want to say Kilkenny just because they've won the most All Irelands. I want to go a little bit outside the box here. I'm going to go with Waterford in this one, Murph. Right, okay. Um, before we move on to the All-Irelands, we're going to have a chat with yourself there. What is your pick for the Leinster Hurling Championship? Leinster... I, if I'm going to... I just love 
to see Wexford win. I, uh, more to the point, I'd love to see Wexford win, like, to cut straight to it, win the All-Ireland. Oh, yeah. I just, I just something about him, I don't know. Um, it's Davy Fitzman. I think, yeah, it's just the roar and the shout and the blackguarding. Like, he just reminds me of a lad that's fallen out of the shed on, yeah. on a Saturday night. Just a crack he has. Yeah. And that alone, I think, just captures the audience in. And for me, I'd love to see Wexford have one more crack at winning the Leicester title, getting to Iron semi-final, getting to the final, and actually win the whole thing out. I think it'd be great. Yeah. Says there won't be a cow milk in Wexford for about three years. Oh, they'll be, da- they'll be dancing at the crossroads. I can guarantee I'll you that. I'll be friendly dancing. Oh, so you're going to go with Wexford? Oh, yeah, all day long, yeah. Cool. Who do you think in Munster stuff? The Everly... I, don't know, I think the Munster Hurling Championship is almost as hard to call as the Ulster Football Championship. If I'm going with the Munster Hurling Championship, I would think that Liam Sheedy will have another crack at the whip with Tipperary. Yeah. Um I don't think he's finished yet. Oh god. No, I don't think they're I don't think they're finished yet. I think he'll he will give them a rude wake up call in, when they get back next week to train. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um and I think that's what's going to drive Tipperary on this year as well. It's going to be so hard because of the style and how good Limerick have become under John Kiley. They're fantastic. Last, oh, 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 like just course. a different breed of hurling. But I, I'm going to have to. I just want. Ooh, I'm You're cl- caught, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, I'm going to say Tipperary. I'm going to go with Tipperary. You're going to go with Tip. Okay, fair enough. Um, All Ireland Championships. The big one. Who do you reckon, bud? Oh, um, well, I've said it from the beginning. Wexford. I'd love to see Wexford mm. win in All-Ireland. I think it's going to be an unbelievable tough task. Because you have the likes of Limericks, you have the likes of Tips, Galways, Kilkenny's. Yeah. They're going to have to be an outstanding team. But I would just... Like, if they win... I'm bringing me caravan down to Wexford for a week. Just parking up. I ain't going with you. Oh my God. Match the crackdown. Covid or no Covid, I'd be there. <laughs> set, the, set the caravan on fire for a bonfire on the way in. That's the truth. It'd be the right job. Uh, yeah, look. All-Ireland. I, I don't think... Look, I don't think Waterford are going to go the whole distance with the All-Ireland. Obviously, as I said, I'd like to see them win Munster. Um, I think they're going to win Munster. Um, I don't know. Look. Look, it's kind of hard to pass Limerick at the minute. Oh, it is, yeah, yeah. They're a different breed. I know I'm contra- I, again, I'm contradicting myself, but it is hard to look past Limerick. And of course, then you have that backdoor system mm. in the hurling this year as well. Yeah. So, no, do you know what? I'm going to go on Lim. I'm going to say Waterford for the two of them. Oh, come on, Nathan. Why not? <laughs> I'm going to go Waterford for the two of them. Yeah, but sure, listen, you go Waterford for the two of them, and then that's your All Ireland football and your All Ireland hurling done. Next week, we're going to look at the LGFA, so we'll have the junior, intermediate, and senior All Irelands. Yeah, Um, and then uh, the week after that, we'll do the Camogie. We will, and then we're going to go into the club. Yeah, we're going to have a look at the Offaly Football Championship, and we look at the Westmead Football Championship, Westmead Football Championship in both codes, in both codes, and yeah, we'll have a dig into the hurling then after that, and we're going to make it a thing over the next couple of weeks. Where we're going to just give our predictions for the intercounty provincials. Then we're going to have do our own little our own counties off the US Mead. And look, if anybody has wants to have their say 
we have the Facebook page there, lads. Send us a message, either myself or more, if we're always available. Because we'd be at very little else anyway. <laughs> Avoiding the kids. Avoiding the kids, that's it, exactly. And that's it for this week's episode. Big thanks to Boydou for coming on as the very first guest on Kick the F and Ball. We want to wish him the best of luck for the coming season ahead. He's an absolute gentleman um, and he's a good, really good guy. Uh, join us next week where we'll have more chats crack and hopefully another GAA star that will tell us all about their career currently in negotiations with somebody about that uh, don't forget to like and share the Facebook page and also hit the old subscribe button on Spotify will you and don't forget on the RSS link posted on the page as well it will be posted above the podcast link when we add it to the page to let you all know woohoo kick the effing ball our back that's it from us Hope you have a great week and keep on pucking. We'll see you again. Good luck. Good luck.